Ready? Yep. Okay, you're gonna love this. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> Ayahasaya, and thanks for coming back. Stop it. Ayahasaya. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Ayahasaya. <laughs> Today's episode is on Academy Award-winning South Korean film, which explains my hello, Parasite. Uh, as always, you don't have to watch the movie in order to listen to the episode, but we always recommend it as we will never stray away from spoilers, and boy are there some in this movie. Um, today we are going to be talking about how South Korean culture plays into this movie's themes and the movie's overwhelming awesome symbolism, so let's just get rolling. I'm your host, Audrey. And I'm your co-host, Cherie. So sit back, relax, and please don't silence your phone while we check your cinematic pulse. Let's get it going. Um, so I get okay. So on first impressions, okay, hold on, real fast. I I wanted to start doing like a recap of the film at the beginning of the episode, um, for people who like maybe saw it but like haven't seen it in a while and like mm-hmm. weren't gonna rewatch it right before they listen to our episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't mind, not to put you on the spot, and I can do it if you don't want to, but can I'm you not like, ready for recap this, this film? I'm not, you have like, such a better speaking like, voice. You you do it. Impromptu speech class. Me do it. I just, okay, I just watched this film, so it is kind of fresh. So basically the premise of this film is about an impoverished uh, Korean family um, who kind of scheme their way all into separately being being employed at the same rich family's household. So they pretend that they're not related and they all kind of get each other jobs for this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially all is going well until it's not and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so um, it's it's definitely a thriller. It's very hick. Hitchcockian mm-hmm. in theme, mm-hmm. um, and I absolutely love it. And I'm gonna force Wesley to watch it like right after we get off off of the recording. It's so good. <laughs> um, okay, so on first impressions, I've seen a few Korean movies, and I don't know what I was expecting, but I think I was ex- I think I was expecting something kind of more anime ish because you've ever watched a lot of South Korean films like they're very. Like, they very much align with, um, like, anime and, and manga. Like, they have... I can't say I agree on that, but continue. I want so, to hear what okay. you have to say. Let me... I'm like, how do I explain this? Can I can like, I say what... Here, I, this might help. So, when I... You know me, I watch a lot of Korean dramas. Now, yes, you do. Now, I think there is always the trope of rich and poor, almost always in a Korean drama. There's almost always someone, it's usually the man is rich and the woman is poor and somehow they mesh Mm. together to fit each other perfectly. And what's interesting is Mm. that this is exactly that, except it's a poor family and a rich family instead. So I don't necessarily see like anime themes. Well, it depends on what animes you're watching, I guess. But there's definitely... Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so I watched this action film, and it was good. Wes introduced me to it. And was I it Train to Busan? No, it was about okay. this this guy who kind of tries to rescue this little girl from um, the, like, sweatshop industry. Okay. Um, well, sweatshop industry slash, like, drug mule trade. Um, he was, like, a former hitman, Um and then until this girl in his neighborhood gets kidnapped and he decides to come out of retirement to go. It's like Taken, but like Korean. <laughs> okay. Um, but so when I'm watching this movie, I guess when I say like what I mean like anime or like manga, I mean like the shots line up with like with like comic panels. Okay, um, that makes like, sense. Yeah, and I saw a lot of that when I was watching that movie. They play um, around like, with depth of field a lot, if you couldn't tell. They do yeah. a lot of that with the storytelling of this of this movie, and it's wonderful. Yeah, so when I when I say, like, 
anime i mean like there's like this scene in that movie that i distinctly remember when like the the former hitman and like the little kid have a fight and she's upset and she goes like running away down an alley and it's raining and she kind of like runs in slow motion and the camera follows her and then it pans back to him and he's just standing there dejectedly in the rain and it's okay. very anime <laughs> okay and but like the shot framing was anime not necessarily like the storyline gotcha, but like they're gotcha. framed almost like like comic panels gotcha um and i think i was expecting kind of that film style um in this and it's not that <laughs> it is not that at all like really this this film kind of came across like 70% almost like like western filmmaking style oh, yeah. with like 30% maybe kind of like anime south korean style sprinkled in. And it, I love it. Runs it runs like it your typical so film, like your typical western yeah. film. Yeah. It does and I was not expecting that coming from um a, a south korean film which explains why it won so many academy awards. Um, well, you also have to take into consideration that. <laughs> that maybe we just don't watch enough korean films. Maybe they are a lot like oh, ours 100%. and we just don't know, you know. 100%. I'm sitting there going, oh man, I need to watch Parasite was really like, like <laughs> the stepping off point for a lot of films in Korea to actually get recognized because the year after, or maybe two years after, another Korean film got nominated. Um, and oh, did a, it? a couple of Korean actors, I believe, got nominated for another film. Could not tell you what it is at this moment, but I remember it happening. But Parasite was That's a good awesome. stepping off point for other Korean films being recognized, as they should. Well, and I think maybe what. Um, like as far as like set direction and um, shot framing goes, I think also what might have set this apart is that it's actually based on a play mm-hmm. um, written by the director, which is awesome. It wasn't like adapted or anything, so you didn't miss anything. The the director wrote the play, um, and I I want to say it was like in three parts or no the screen the original screenplay got got broken up into three parts yes. like a play like with Act One, Two, and Three, um, and after I, like, read about that, I read that it was originally a play, I'm looking at this, the set design and the set direction, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it really is set up like a play, because you have these very um, finite, almost one-shot sets. You have, um, like, that could very easily be translated to a stage where you're just staring at it straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you have the Kim's basement apartment with them all gathered around that table, um, which that's kind of unusual for film, but in, in like drama and in plays, that's very common because you don't have a lot of space to work with. So you have to cram all of your characters into the same mm-hmm. space and onto the same set. Um, so that really echoed its play origins. And I love that. And you could see that throughout the rest of the film, because then you have like Min and Kiwu's um, discussion, like outside the corner shop, sitting mm-hmm. at that little table, like that would be a perfect stage set with just like a little corner shop facade. Maybe it's not even real. Maybe it's just painted, and then you literally just have like a an outdoor table set that two characters sit well, and also, have a conversation at. Them just being squished in one set makes sense because they right. are literally squished into that one space just because they have no room there's nowhere to go because mm-hmm. that's all they have is literally yeah a very two, three room easy place home yeah very easy to then also convey in film just how like crammed into that basement apartment like sardines they are um which i mean everything in korea is small um for sure having just been there within the past year everything in korea is small um the people are small their living spaces are small everything is small <laughs> yep only the, the rich can afford space. <laughs> yeah, only the rich can. Well, and there's not even a lot of space to afford, which is the crazy mm-hmm. thing. That's, That's why something it's so that expensive. I noticed when when I was there, their living style for the majority of people is apartment living. Yep. All of the skyscrapers in the cities are not business buildings, they're apartments. Um I even watched a video of somebody getting like their furniture delivered to their apartment and it's lifted up to their sliding back window via crane. That's how yep. they get their furniture into their apartment is delivered mm-hmm. from the outside, which is awesome. That'd be so much easier for moving out of an apartment. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. So having like, there's not, I did not see a lot of big houses in the cities um, it's, it's all just like apartments. And if you have any more space, you have like a penthouse and you own like a whole floor of an apartment building. Um, not a whole lot of big, gorgeous, fancy houses like that, which I was like confused. I'm like, how, how is this fit into a city? And then you see them like walk up an alley and this house is literally just like built on this street corner. Yep. Like it's not, 
it's I don't, I don't know it's not like a suburban home like we would think of it in america where like we built on top of the natural land like no they built up land oh yeah in the city to mm-hmm. have this house sit on top of and it's bonkers and yeah. awesome wait till i tell you where the house really is in this film <laughs> <gasps> tell me where the house really is tell me right now it's all vfx that's a, it's, it's a sound stage it's that's what no it's not which is great that tells you how good the vfx is that you don't notice it like when you see the outside of that house like that first shot where uh ki Wu is going up to be interviewed that is mm-hmm. all everything to the left of him in real life is grass but what they shoot it out in the woods the only thing they you see shoot that is real, in the woods literally the only part of that that was real is the steps he goes up and like a little bit of the wall um right before him and the rest That's is like bananas. blue screen and they all rotoscope it in it's so good. Ooh, like the top of the house. That's so cool. When they're outside and Chung Suk is playing. Dude, what, what is, what sport is that? Where she's throwing the ball thing? What Olympic sport oh, is that? Oh, heck if I know. I can't remember. I don't I, know. It's like some weird Greek shot put. Shot put? Like, it's some kind of shot put, I don't right? think it's, I don't think it's shot put. Um, you know what? I'm going to look it's it up. It's not important. Because now I want to know. Well, while you're looking that up. I'm okay, keep talking but while I top, look it up. <laughs> the top of their house, when they're sitting out there, the top of the house is all VFX. It's not really there. They put it in later. All the trees that surround that garden that the, the house is in, all those extra trees, VFX. The houses and the trees That's... in the background, way back in the foreground, VFX. So many, you know, so many of the VFX they use in this film are just set extensions so that they only need to build so much. So like even the scene where they're running back down to their apartment, it's all flooded out. That's that's also what you see behind them. VFX. They just they put up a blue screen. They added in the rest. And honestly, like the people who did a lot of work and did seamlessly good work were like the VFX people and um editors they did such a good job on this film that you don't know that it's edited there's actually a shot where um oh the mom the mom mm-hmm. the rich mom and um what is her Jung, they're crazy. standing outside talking about i think getting the dad hired on as the driver they're standing in front of a blue screen what it, but it looks I'm like gonna have a to go street. back and watch this movie all like here's the thing though that's awesome because it harkens back to the fact that this was based on a play yeah. you know like because in a play you don't have the ability to have these giant elaborate sets no, and often you'll have um if you've got an awesome set designer like <clears throat> my brother sorry shameless plug for my brother who literally designs play sets um Unless you have an awesome set designer, a lot of the time your sets for your plays can just be like back, back backdrop paintings. Yeah, that are done. Well, that's literally um, or just so, giant banners that are printed out. And so, like, that's kind of what this is. I'm it's glad just you except said they that. superimposed it onto that. I'm glad you said that because um, I want to shout out one of my favorite YouTube pages is Corridor Crew. They actually talked about this in their episode VFX artists react to bad and great CGI number twenty six where they talk about, you know, the the CGI and the rotoscoping and all that is so good that you could just put, you literally just put a a picture up behind them and be like, and edit it to make it look real. It's it's basically what they do. They fill in the gaps of the filming and it's just so good. And they talked about, um, like the, the scene where the street is flooding that there they they live. They built that set into a pool and flooded it. What? It's so good. It's so seamless and it's so good. Like, it that that's what this that's a testament to how good this film is is that the first time i watched this i'm like okay the only place i would have guessed that there was vfx used or any kind of like this was built on a soundstage was that scene where it floods because it has to be it just doesn't happen like that but then Mm -hmm. when i saw this episode by corridor crew and i was just like oh my god most of the shots have vfx in them you wouldn't know that's how good they are you would never know i'm like so pumped to go back and watch it with this knowledge because i did not see it i will send you i just accepted reality (laughs) that's what that's the that's what's great about it again good cgi you should never be able to tell you should never be able to tell yeah they didn't even they didn't even have to like hide
hide it in darkness or anything. It was just no. It was just good. That's Dude, awesome. even the grass. Here's again the disparity of rich Stop. and poor as we talk. The grass at the end of the of the movie. Well, are we spoiling? You gotta. You need to watch this movie. Anyhow, after the end we're of the spoiling. Film, if you're watching, spoiler alert. You know what? I'm not gonna spoil it. I will say this though. At the no, end of the film, we literally where, just said like you have to. We're not okay, staying away from spoilers. So when every when <laughs> the when the dad is dead and the other dude is dead. There's a part where I was watching, again, a CGI uh, breakdown of this film. They edited the grass to be greener. Are you kidding me? They edited the grass to be greener because, of course, the grass is greener on the other side. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. rich people can afford turf. Like, it's not even real grass, probably. The visual storytelling in this film is impeccable. And I know you caught on to a lot of it because it's in your notes. Oh, it's amazing. Like, can we jump to some of the symbolism in this movie? Oh, yeah. Please, because, like, okay, so this movie is chock full of symbolism. And I feel like that also goes back to it having been based on, like, a written work. Um, You know, when you have the, not screenplay, but the with the script for the actual play that it was based on, they tend to be so chock full of symbolism and subtext and, like, which this movie just was. And I'm just, like, they totally were able to translate that from from page to play to screen. And it was so good. Um, Especially in the very, very beginning of the movie. Like, they really hit you with a lot of symbolism and um, subtext real fast. They, like, pack a lot of it in there. Um... They... From the very first shot. From the very first shot. Where is it, Audrey? From the very first shot. Underground. Um, uh-huh. And the, the camera just literally, like, sees the this, this, this street and then just pans yep. down. Yep. And down and down. <laughs> just so, like, just to show you, like, they, these these people are, are literally living, like, beneath society. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like rats. And then... Right. And then so there's the... There's this scene where they see, like, the street fumigator um, to keep all of, like, the bugs and everything out. And they're like, oh, no, the the fumigator is coming. Like, let's close the windows. And the dad says, no, leave the window open. We'll get free fumigation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then they just sit there and continue to fold pizza boxes in the cloud of of just fumigation chemicals and i'm just like they're bugs yeah they're bugs that's what you're supposed to get from this is like literally they Mm -hmm. are the bugs getting fumigated so again i can't get over the visual storytelling like i need to i need to need to rein it in i'm gonna rein it in but yeah how are we gonna rein it in (laughs) oh it's so hard it's so hard because that that's what I appreciated. Never have I wanted to do a part two more. <laughs> Bruh. When, again, we're kind of still like partially on first impressions. But like the first time I saw this film was as soon as it came to streaming, I think on Hulu. I was like, I've heard so much about this film. It's time to watch it. And I was blown away at how they show like the visual disparity of the rich and the poor in this film. Because they literally show mm-hmm. there's so many shots. You can't, you can't not see it at some point. Literally. The Kims live in squalor underneath mm-hmm. the ground in the sewers. And then you see the Kim family or no, the Park family lives so far mm-hmm. up. Like you watch these so people visually up. go upstairs, go up hills, go upstairs, go up hills. Yeah. They finally make you it watch, to the Park family. You watch the whole like track of Kiwa's progression up to the Park family's mm-hmm. house. And it's just like up their alley, up some stairs, up through the rest of the city. And I'm just like. You like they they hit you with so much of it you cannot possibly miss you it. You can't miss it. And that's it. one of those things that I feel like they really took advantage of because you can't really do that on stage. Um because you don't you don't have that much space to work right. with, right? You don't have that much vertical space to work with. So that's not really something they could have done. And so I, I love that they took the time to put those shots in and really give you that that symbolism of like this family lives in like the literal sewers of of society and in order to go be with the upper class they literally need to go be with the upper class Mm -hmm. the upper class is the upper class (laughs) upper class at the top like yeah i want to talk about one of my favorite um scenes i don't even know if i want to get this far into the movie because we're just gonna talk about the whole thing out of order but it was i wasn't like a scene it was just um this this shot progression because so I had already noticed, like, the going up to the Was park's house. Was it the house going and, like, down? The 
was the going down. That it was so good. Is the, so literally, so powerful. When they're all scurrying out of the house like cockroaches fleeing, they like they do they do this like downward shot and like and shoot directly at the sewer before mm-hmm. they then follow the rest of the Kim's family's trek back to their home. And I'm like, why did they do a shot of the sewer? Like that's and then be they show you why. Right? And then they show you why, and they're literally just going down and down and, and down. down and down. It and then they stop you. for a little bit in the trash, in the literal trash. Yes. They stop. And then they keep going down yes. back to their house. Yes, Audrey, yes. Which, and I'm like, oh, so they're literally like the rats of the sewer mm-hmm. is what these people are supposed to be thought of as. And then they and then, flood And it. then they flood their house with sewage water. If it wasn't hitting I... you yet. It should hit you now. Oh my gosh. And there's the visceral image of, what was her name? Ki Jung just sitting on the backflowing poop toilet, smoking a cigarette. Enjoying her Wi-Fi for for the time being. As a a cockroach. (laughs) I want to say, Ki Jung, the sister, her act, the actress is Park Se-dong. She is my favorite female Korean actress. Like, she's my favorite Korean actress. She is so good. I was gonna say, I haven't looked at these people's filmography, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen her in something before. She looks super familiar. She's done a lot of stuff. I really did love her. Love her. She's so good. She's great in everything I watch her in. She's easily my favorite Korean actress. And when I saw she was in the film, I was like, oh, we have to watch it now. Yes. Had to watch list. (laughs) Literally went right into Hulu and watched it as soon as I saw she was part of the cast. That's fantastic. That is my um, favorite scene in the entire film. The other scene I really like, that again, subtle. This one was far more subtle in showing the rich and poor uh, aspects of the film, this trope. The moment where the parks are coming back home, they're like, hey, can you make Ramdan? Oh, yes. Ramdan? Yes. Love that scene. You want to know why? Please they, tell me. Once again, they're showing you the disparity between rich and poor. You have ramen actually it's chapaghetti they put to to make this meal because i made it for my brother aaron you put Mm -hmm. two different types of like noodles together one's like a spaghetti wait is it supposed to be like ramen and udon kind of very similar it's not okay i thought that's what like the mush up of the name was okay pretty much so it's 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 these two different and you it's like it's no no different than any other ramen you have the seasoning packet you have the water and all that whatever that's all cheap Mm -hmm. and then they eat it with a sirloin such a fat rich and expensive cut of beef mm-hmm. you know and they put the once again they put together the rich and the poor this this cheap pasta and this rich fatty meat and put them together Ooh. it's very subtle but it's another little bit of symbolism in this film to show the difference between the rich and the poor that is such a also, subtle and powerful scene and i don't know how many people catch that one so it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because something else that i caught in that is did you catch the temperature they cooked they had her cook the steak to no i did not yeah so (laughs) this just i'm so glad you pointed out the like the meat that she had her put in it like they didn't just have her do like like flank steak or chuck steak or anything like you would maybe like put with ramen because Mm -hmm. it's you don't need that fancy of stuff but no they literally use like like top sirloin chopped up Mm -hmm. to put in this and she had her cook it i kid you not medium well done and i wanted to vomit when i heard that because that is gonna be like the toughest gamiest like grossest steak and you you waste all of that money putting sirloin with your ramen and then it's disgusting that reminds me of your, the thing you did in your your book chapter where you changed the person's wine because of me. <laughs> yeah, but I love that. I love that disparity. It, man, Audrey, what a yes, great catch! It's just Medium, well done. The throwaway cash of just ruining your expensive meat to put in your freaking ramen. Well, and then they really push on that later in the film when they're about to do the son's birthday party, and the mom mm-hmm. is just frivolously buying things. And it's like, and she's yes. just, and you know, the dad, he's just listening you to her. You see Mr. Just, Kim uh, just starting to boil over. He's just, he's losing it. He's just losing it. 
Oh my gosh, that was so good. Speaking, okay, so speaking of Mr. Kim and talking about symbolism and subtext and stuff, so we're talking about them being bugs. I mean, like, there's literally this scene at the beginning that's like a close-up of a Korean stink bug, which I'm so thankful our stink bugs don't look like oh my that. God. It was like a like a grasshopper and a stink bug had a massive. baby and it was terrifying. It was huge. <laughs> New it fear was unlocked. so huge. Like, for real though, it's just Korean bugs. And so there, it's like crawling across the table and he makes a comment and he's like, oh, stink bugs and flicks it away. And then later when they're all drunkenly partying in the park's living room, his wife makes the comment that says oh yeah but if mr park walked in right now your dad would run away and hide like a cockroach Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was like the bug thing the bug thing is back yep the bug symbolism is back i loved it and then like that was his like straw and he like threw everything off the table and grabbed her and pulled back his fist and i'm watching that and i'm like so he did he doesn't do it but you know through subtext now that's not the first time that's happened. Yep. I mean it keeps he, happening. Like they 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 bring up his spell his smell at one point and, and mm-hmm. he because it, it eats at him because he knows. He can try and hide and push down as much as he he wants, but it's still there. It's all there in his face that mm-hmm. he's still less than. He's just pretending to he is mm-hmm. a bug dressed up as I don't know. A bug in sheep's clothing? <laughs> sure, if you will. If you will. He's he's a bug in Gucci shoes. There you go. A bug is a bug, even in Gucci shoes. A bug is a bug, even in Gucci shoes. Oh, I want that I'm on a t-shirt. On a t-shirt. <laughs> Best friends forever. Oh, man. Love you. Love you more. <laughs> Wait, loved you first. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. Never mind. What? Uh, I was referencing The Flash. Oh. Yeah, it's from The Flash, which maybe we'll do a, a little mini episode on that once you watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, Parasite. What do you anyway, think about Parasite. the title of this film? Oh, I have a question for you about okay. that. I literally have it in the very bottom in my notes. And I'm sorry when I, I'm sorry in advance that my mic just clipped when I got excited. That's okay. Mine has clipped several times. The editing will be fun. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So my question for you is, so the movie's called Parasite. I have two questions for you. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is the parasite in this film? And who is the host? It's cyclical, don't you think? It's cyclical, don't you think? I literally, right above that question, I have the cyclical nature of this film. Did you really? (laughs) Ha. I really do like literally scroll to the bottom of my notes and you will 100% see I my see. Notes. I haven't got, I got, I didn't get that far in your notes. That's hysterical. I mean, it is oh cyclical. Like you obviously have the Kims who are the new kind of parasite, but you don't realize mm-hmm. there's two parasites in this house. There's two parasites in this there house. There are two. And like when you get to that, cause they leave you little breadcrumb clues. Like some, like the ghost, our son saw ghosts in the house. Woo. When they framed that man, in that shot when the boy's eating the cake first. Oh, that is going to be like, we. I have a props. whole chunk of notes on creep factor, by the way. Props <laughs> because to the cinematographer on that, that shot. Cause oh. wonderful. It is nightmarish. That frame. It will haunt my dreams. Like nightmarish. I literally, it, it's in my head. It's now just that, that dude's, Face and eyes coming up over the stairs. That shot made me think of Japanese horror films. Ooh. It gave me the Mm -hmm. heebie-jeebies, man. That frame is so good. But yeah, that's what's wonderful about this film is that there are at least least two parasites. Like, that, on like a side note, that shot and that dude's... Because the first time I saw that actor, I was like, woo, he is not what I expected. Um... And he's like his eyes are very protuberant, buggy. What did you say? They, they're very buggy. Thank you. <laughs> they are in fact buggy, and <laughs> literally like that shot of him coming up the staircase just a little bit. Mm. Um, I would have had a seizure too. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but also that <laughs> that is the epitome of like the artistic term, the grotesque. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
and oh, yeah. I loved it. It was horrible and it will haunt me until I die, but it was so good. The first time I watched that film and got to that scene, I shouted because I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I might have shouted, not going to lie. I oh loved this film gosh. so much. I wrote a paper about it in college. <gasps> Excellent film to write a paper about. I mean, like, if you're looking at my notes, I too wrote a paper about this film. You did. I wrote my final paper <laughs> for my watching films class was on Parasite. Love. So, okay, so if I were to answer my own question, I agree with you. Um, I think I love that the we both said ultimate, it was cyclical. Look at us. 100. I literally wrote the word cyclical nature of this film. Um, the ultimate parasite, like the final parasite is Mr. Kim mm-hmm. because he is the one that ends up in the basement. Mm-hmm. And but then my fo- and, and my follow-up question is what kind of solidifies that answer is who is the host? Because ultimately the host is the house. Right. And and I like that too because because bugs, even after their host dies, they remain. Uh, it, was, mm, it was so good, especially seeing, like, the, the skeleton of the house, like, the, with the empty shelves and everything. <sighs> so good, man. And just Mr. Kim, <laughs> the cockroach were emerging from the basement. <laughs> so good. It's so, so good. Um, Man, what do I want to talk about next? There's still so much. I want to talk There's real quick, because, so again, if we, if we have not convinced you how good this movie is, the writing, the directing, and literally everything in between... This movie is the second or third, and I don't know how many people know about the Cannes Film Festival, but it is literally movie season starts with Cannes Film Festival. It is mm-hmm. the second or third film to win both the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival for Best Picture and the Academy Award for Best Picture. That never happens. No, it, it was so... like the first time in like 60 years that that had happened. Yes, I think the movie that before yeah. that one was called Marty and there might have been one more but the only other one I could find that agreed upon it was Marty so if that doesn't tell you anything this film won every big award it possibly could watch it it's great watch it it's on HBO Max or just Max, Max. now <laughs> just Max now <laughs> soon it's gonna be Susan HBO Susan HBO Susan with a Z Oh, God, with a Z. <laughs> Wait, no, it'll be Susan with an X in the middle. Because, you know, like HBO Max. Yep, that's what it's going to be. Susan with an X. <sighs> okay. If you heard that, HBO, I, I, want, I want credit for that. We still love you. We still love you. I will still watch all the movies that you have Our on there. Our next movie's but I want coming for from that. HBO Max as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You want to go ahead and tell people what we're doing? Nah, we'll save no. it for the end. Nah, now you have to listen to the end. Ha ha. Um, okay. So I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Um, about an interaction that happened in this movie. And okay. okay, so there is one, there's one thing that we definitely need to address. And it is the relationship between Min and, oh, Dai. And then slash also the relationship between Kiwu and Dai. Mm-hmm. So like, it's gross, right? Yeah. Like she's not she's not an adult. Oh yeah, they're definitely preying on and her, I, like a host and a prey and the parasites and uh, yeah, right, right. Like like I know. So that's one of the things that's like that is there's layers of this parasitic nature well, that's happening. Yes, well, I know that there is a little bit of Korean culture that's playing into this because that is still a very pervasive thing in Korean culture. Um, is like the the it's okay for an older dude to like a younger girl as long as he like respectfully waits until she's of age to ask her out. And here we call that predator being a predator. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I was thinking of grooming. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's Which is what predators do. Yep. yep, they groom. Yeah. Here we call that grooming, and that's what it is. Um, thankfully, they don't spend too much time on it in the movie, but I'm going to just call that what it is, and it's gross, and it's wrong. It is, so, but if you think about it, aside, it, it is part of, you know, the parasite host thing, because he's latched onto mm-hmm. her, and then uh, the sister, she's locked onto the little boy, 
the mom is kind of lashed on in a to, not gross way in a not gross way right uh but like the the dads the moms the the sister and the little brother and then um the it's dang oh my god i'm trying to remember all these names um ki woo oh and there's a lot Dae. Um, so my question was when, um, Kiwo is interviewing for that position, um, the wife says, um, Daya and I were quite happy with him regardless of Mm -hmm. her grades. Mm -hmm. They obviously knew what they wanted to do with their daughter as well. And I'm okay. So that that was gonna be my question. I'm like, what did that mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, was she just You gotta read between the lines on that one really though like so because there's two things there was she just like looking for an arranged marriage for her daughter which is definitely still a very common thing in korea um oh for sure especially amongst the rich right 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 because he's this nice well-groomed good-looking college student who's going off to study abroad and hopefully come back and make money um and all that stuff so i was thinking like okay was it supposed to be an, an arranged marriage but I don't know, she included, the mom included herself in that statement. Like, she said, Dae and I were quite happy with him, regardless Mm -hmm. of her grades. And I'm like, was there something going on between the The subtext makes you believe that there's something a little extra going on, but you can't, you don't really know. Because... that's what I loved about this, because you're just like eyebrow raise right you're like, but that's hmm. it that's all they give you <laughs> you're just interested now just a little bit more right. and the only reason i wasn't a hundred percent on it was because then kiwu does not have anything with her like she doesn't start anything with him um and so i was like okay maybe not maybe it's just the arranged marriage thing otherwise like she might have come on to him mm-hmm. and she didn't i think she would have liked um, the idea of her daughter being with what was it min uh because min. once mm-hmm. she knows she ain't going nowhere with her grades why so she got a tutor so why not set right. our daughter up to be with someone who looks like he's at least going to be doing well for himself in some way? The, the next member of BTS? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, okay? Perhaps. Uh, okay, so... um, I... So I have a note in here. Um, I don't even know if I want to spend that much time on it, but it was hilarious. The mom's obsession with all things American... Yeah. Oh, we got it from America. It should um, be great. We got it from America. It should be great. And I'm like, <clears throat> we get all our stuff from China. Right. So- <laughs> that, that's actually another parasitic host. <laughs> I'm like, right. Like, uh, well, that's unfortunate. It might still leak. Um, <laughs> but that, that actually came up several times because like the second she employs Kiwoo, she immediately gives him an American name. Mm-hmm. And she names him Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's but Jessica. then Kiwoo, who's not stupid, picks up on it. And when he goes to recommend his sister, he co- immediately names her Jessica. Yep. And just goes, so oh, what was her Korean name? Oh, well, it doesn't matter anyway. She's really good. And if you want me to set something up with her, I totally can. And I'm like, oh, genius. Smart. They're so cunning. smart. They're cunning. They're oh Slytherins. my gosh, they are they cunning. Ki Jung, for like, okay, but Ki Jung specifically, she is so cunning. I literally so have good. like a note about how cunning her that character performance. is. Oh, so good. She was Love so good, especially because, and this is something like you need to know about Korean culture to understand her performance and her character, is she is contrary to like everything that is valued in Korean culture for women. Um, like for one thing, I noticed uh, she cut her hair before she came to do the interview. Her hair was much longer and she cut it to be like scapula length, which is unusual for someone for of her don't age. scapula is that's your shoulder bone. No, I'm sorry, like the top blade. of your the top of your shoulder blade. Um so which is unusual because women are her age in Korea, like before you're married, you tend like they tend to leave their hair long. It's like a sign of virility in Korea. But she cut it, you wanna know why? Why tell me? I will tell you because women in America wear their hair that length. We sure do. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. my hair my hair is currently grow. that length. Mine does not grow past my shoulders just because that's that's natural growth. Cycle. That's okay. Your hair is fab, and I love your little space buns. Thank you. <laughs> but like, 
I don't know, it, it just, it was like, so her character flies in the face of a lot of Korean tradition. She um, speaks when she's, like, not spoken to. She gives orders oh, to people. Oh, the giving the orders? Woo, so good. She's like, Right, Sit. like, I never do my lessons with a parent in the room. Mm-hmm. Please leave. Yeah. And just, like, like a, a normal, like, Korean woman of her age, that, like, that's not a conversation that would generally happen. Like, unless that was, like, built into the character, which obviously mm-hmm. it's built into hers, but it was just so good. There's so much, like, the fact that she smokes... <laughs> indoors i loved it i love it um also just a little like um me getting excited about korean stuff that i recognize side note when she's making um kiwoo's university papers um they look good by the way um a lot of like most korean official documents look the same um and that's what my official government covid papers looked like like just with like little brackets around the side and some information at the bottom and that little red stamp seal down in the bottom right hand corner like that's exactly what my covid papers looked like when i went to visit how interesting and i'm like wow she is good i could i could appreciate just how good a job she was doing because i'd seen like official korean documentation i also want to point out how interesting it was that me min was like your sister can do forgery right just have her do it Right, like, like just casual. This you think this man is a stand-up guy, and it's like, well, sir, not nah, him. Nah, he ain't. He's he's not. Nah, nah. He just wants to go study abroad and then also have the ability to come right back to his job when he gets back. Mm-hmm. Which also shame on Ki Woo for betraying your friend. Like you're there one day okay. and you smooch. You okay. smooch her. Let's be honest, though, they're both slimy. They're both slimy. They bugs. They bugs. Min just a better dress bug. <laughs> He's up those Louis Vuitton shoes, not the, story shoes, for not very the Gucci's. Long. <laughs> he got the Louis Vuitton. He got the red bottoms. He got the he got Louis- red bottom bug feet. <laughs> Louboutins. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, hmm. I didn't even finish that sentence in my notes. Oh, okay. There was one thing I wanted to bring up because I get super excited about it because we have about. Mm, 10 minutes before we have to sign off so um the one thing I got super excited about and I, I'm so glad I caught it because then all hell broke loose was the rain the ra- rain is always important the rain is always important in film p.s for anyone watching movies rain never is almost a, always never important. an accident to have rain unless they're filming in Washington in which case it's just a hazard <laughs> um so uh this is a common um, filmmaking symbol, and it's that filmmakers will use rain to indicate that something bad is about to happen. Um, There's, the I want to say, let me stop you because you're correct. I also want to point out sound cues in general. They're important. There's actually another oh. sound cue at the beginning of the film where Min and Ki Woo are sitting outside that little kombini. Or, yeah. No, that's in Japanese. Anyway, convenience store. Mm-hmm. Close. I was two different cultures two different words anyway they're sitting outside that convenience store and mm-hmm. he means something about oh i want you to be the next tutor and you know as they're having this conversation there's something impactful said i wish i'd written it down i didn't go back to listen to it but there's a car that goes behind him right at the end you would not have that in a film you wouldn't you would that wouldn't be happening by accident that car going no the street by would be blocked this, off right that car going by at that moment perfect it was done on purpose so continue about your reign because you're absolutely correct audrey interesting <gasps> is it the, is it the park's car i don't remember what car it was it was just it was a truck oh, going okay. by when they were speaking but it happened at a oh. very specific moment oh okay In- interesting okay so punctuate it with sound um, punctuate it with sound love it so yes like specifically in lost those filmmakers chose to use rain as symbolism and each time it would start to rain on the island it indicated that something bad was going to happen i found this out from watching like a bonus episode on back when it was airing on abc where they would put like little like trivia blurbs up while you were watching the episode Mm -hmm. yeah and i distinctly remember that one because i thought it was so cool and then literally so we're sitting in this and they're they're sitting around the table and all just drinking all the alcohol and eating food and stuff. <laughs> Ki Jung's literally eating dog treats and doesn't <laughs> even know. 
Which is, like, two things. One, that's her just being so low class that she'll just eat anything that's in front of her. And also them being so high class. No, but it's also them being so high class that they can afford dog treats that just taste like real people food. Right. Just, like, juxtaposition all over again. But literally, then, like, they're talking and, um... Oh, and, and literally, uh, she, I forget what Ki Jung says, um, but she, like, yells about something. I think she says, like, pay attention to me or whatever. Like, I want my problems paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And then, like, lightning. And Ki Woo says, like, oh, she speaks and the lightning crashes. So they even called attention mm-hmm. to it. They wanted you to pay attention to it being about to rain. But I was like, ooh, I wonder if that means something bad is going to happen. And then, like, literally doorbell. <laughs> Everything happens. And the old housekeeper shows up. And from the second the housekeeper shows up, the plot, like, does not stop snowballing until the end. I want like, to ask you a question. no break of momentum. Would you have opened what? the door? Would you have let her in? Heck no! Heck no! Come back later. Heck no. I feel like that was the one thing. There, okay, so there's two things in this. And... That was, like, the one thing that, like, okay, if you just hadn't done that, everything could have been fine. Mm-hmm. Literally everything could have been fine kept if you just that parasitic hadn't life. done that. Right. Could have just kept living that parasitic life, but it's, like, when the bug decides to, like, stick its head out into the sun and get squished. Yeah. That's what happened. And the other moment, which is interesting, because there's, like, two, two moments where the Kim family could salvage this whole situation, and they don't. And... And remind you, like, they're not really the good guys of this movie. Which is, like, ultimately one of the takeaways here is, like, you you really shouldn't root for them. Like, they're not nice people. The Kims? And the Kims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, it's hard. It's hard because it's, like, it's showing you this massive, disgusting difference between rich and poor. But you, part of me is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do hope they win. But then part of me is like... It's all for the wrong. They're, they, I want them to win, but it's but like, that's it. it's not in the honest way, you know? But sometimes, exactly. But exactly. that's what sucks. That's what's, that's kind of the point of the film is like, how do you get up in the world without doing a little evil on the way? So it, that's, it, that's really interesting that you bring that up. Um, because there's these instances where the Kims like kind of know they're doing the wrong thing. They kind of know that they're getting in over their heads. And then you see them justify their behavior. Um, and, like, make it, like, tell themselves that it's okay. Like the which forgery at the very, beginning. I literally have that written down. Thank you for bringing it up. Literally, when when they forge Kiwa's university papers, he turns to his dad before he leaves and says, I don't consider this forgery or a crime. I'll go to this university next year. I just printed it out a little early. And honestly, and like, what's crazy about that is that is almost inspirational. It's almost inspirational. And and that's what makes you, like, disregard it. That's what makes you go, like, yeah, okay. Okay, I, I can buy that. But then it keeps happening. And they they kind of keep justifying their behavior. Again, when they're in the living room and they're eating, which that scene is so important um, because it's, like, the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Before all hell breaks loose. <laughs> and... Oh, I would be really interested to go back and see how long it takes from their last supper to to the the chaos at the birthday party. Hmm. I think it's just one day. It is. Yeah, it's just the next day. I think it's just one day. It's literally the next day. Yeah. <gasps> That's really interesting because then there's the last supper and then like the next day Christ gets carted off to be judged by the Romans. I didn't notice that symbolism before because there there's a lot of um christianity in korea that's a big religion over there it is um yes and so the second one the second time is when they're having their like last supper and they specifically um the the mom specifically says they're nice because they're rich Mm -hmm. if we were rich we'd be this nice too even nicer you have to even you have to think about what does that mean what's being rich and nice mean Right? Well, because we know that's not true. We know that's not true. Like, there are plenty of rich people who are horrible people. That's just their justification. Because they're noting how nice this family is, and they kind of feel bad that they're doing this to them. They're like, well, they're only nice because they're rich. And the converse of that statement then maybe becomes true, saying, like, 
well, we're only doing this and we're only acting this way and we're only forced to do this because we're poor. The affordability of being kind and rich. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to afford to be good. Crazy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're, we're, we're bad because we're poor. So that, that mm-hmm. makes it okay. When we're rich, we'll be nice too. Right. It's, it's oh, so good. So good. So good. So good. Okay. So, so we have to, we didn't even get to like half the stuff. We might have to do a part two. I desperately want to, cause we didn't get to half the stuff or maybe I, I these notes are what start our job. Patreon. I think um, we've done a pretty good job of actually talking about the finer points of this film because there we we obviously could keep talking but i think we've hit i will just like keep talking to you afterwards about this because i have so many things that i want to talk about especially everything under my bullet point of creep factor go ahead <laughs> do, do some of those tell us some of those we saw... i literally have three minutes and then do I get it a, tell I us tell off. us your favorite creep factor other than the staircase when the man's coming up in the dark that is Whee! wild so literally when the housekeeper shows up uh, like I said, all hell breaks loose. It's after that the creep factor starts happening fast, which is very Hitchcockian. Like, it's like everything's normal, everything's normal, everything's normal until it's not. Mm-hmm. I and... like that they had her face so close in the camera. It's it's very off-putting. Cause it's grotesque. It's grotesque. It's off-putting because we don't like being close to people like that. We want space. So the, for her mm-hmm. to be so close space. to the camera, ooh, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Which, She's in, oh, your, in your space. Excellent mm-hmm. filming. Um... And so when she comes, she comes back and her face is all beat up saying that she like left something in the basement. There's this weird interaction between her and Mrs. Kim. And, and she, and she asks her like, what did you leave down there? And she looks back like this creepy old lady Mm -hmm. and goes, want to come down with me? Mm -hmm. And then just disappears into the darkness. (laughs) I was like, Actually, Audrey, and then I think it gets it's better. More, here's the thing, though. Like, should we not say what continues after this? Because I think that is worth not telling just so people go and watch it. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, we, should we say, leave them on the cliffhanger? When the housekeeper disappears into the darkness. That's when it gets wild. That's when it gets wild. Like, there's even, I'm not even going to say, but there's a lighting change. Oh, it's and so Yes, good. you best believe I noticed it. I'm proud of the, you. The warm to the sickly green tone of the fluorescence, I was like, J.J. Mm, Abrams vibes. <laughs> Loved it. Like, if J.J. Abrams did Thriller, that would be his lighting scheme. <laughs> Maybe come back. Maybe we'll oh, wait, revisit Parasite in a while. Maybe we'll come back to Parasite. 100%. Maybe we'll make it like a video, like come to our YouTube and, oh, yeah. and we'll talk about parasites more. Well, that'd be great too, because then we can actually use visual references <gasps> as we speak. Yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. I just read like Moon Gwang's husband drinking from the baby bottle. Gross. Uh, uh, mm. the- yeah, there's um, there's weird stuff that goes on in this movie. Everybody go watch it. <laughs> so, like, we've talked about a lot of films and I, I obviously I loved Across the Spider-Verse and Into the Spider-Verse. Go see those films, but... This is one of my favorite movies in the past few years. It is so wonderful. It is so expertly written. And it's honestly a 10 out of 10 film for me. And I don't have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree. 10 out of 10. I would maybe give it a 9 out of 10 because there were some things like writing aspect I didn't like. But there's not even a point bringing them up because it was such a good movie. 9.5 out of 10. So good. I'm stipping with my 10 out of 10. I thought it was that good. It's, <laughs> it's one I reference and talk about a lot. Okay, so, um, well, I guess that concludes um, today's episode on Parasite. Um, we talked about all the fantastic symbolism in this movie um, and and just how this film really, like, flies in the face of a lot of Korean culture and just, like, takes on Western filmmaking by storm and just hits it out of the park. Um so please go watch it. Again, it is currently streaming on Max. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about the film Moonlight, um, also streaming on Max. So make sure to be here next Friday to tune in. Bye, everyone. Bye. Wait. <clears throat> what is it? Hang on. I got it. Come some da. <laughs>